Hello, and welcome to Landy's Taiwan Diaries. My name is Celia Landman, but most people just call me Landy. We are very happy that you have uh, decided to join us again, and we have some really interesting stories to share with you this week. All right, first one is a little bit about, uh, let's first go to the arts. We don't talk about the arts too much on this program, because your host is not that knowledgeable <laughs> about art. But in Taiwan, a few days ago, was the Golden Bell Awards. Now, the Golden Bell Awards is like the Emmys in America. That is for for television work and the people who did well in television productions, not movies, not like the Oscars, but for TV. And a very interesting thing happened, which I'm going to tell you about. But first, I just want to explain to our listeners who are maybe from abroad, that I want to tell you a little bit about Taiwanese opera. Taiwanese opera is not actually opera as such. There is some singing, but also some talking, and it's very traditional and traditional costumes. And it's actually a, uh, originally a stage show uh, long ago. It came from, originally from the, because most of the Taiwanese people came from the Fujian province. And so originally it was in the Fujian province language. Now that language they, they speak over there in Fujian, through the years it has changed, and now the people in Taiwan call it Taiwanese. But it's, it's, that's where it, it came from. So originally it was in that dialect, but then, and also, many of the stories were based on folk tales from the Fujian area. But as years went on, when the Japanese were here in Taiwan from 1895 to 1945, they allowed this Taiwanese opera to continue. They didn't try to change that. And slowly, slowly it changed, and the stories started to originate in Taiwan. So it became a real Taiwanese opera, and it actually was also exported to other countries where people speak the dialect from Fujian, or as we call it here, Taiwanese, like Singapore and such. There are also people speaking that dialect. All right, so that's this uh, Taiwanese opera and, and where it came from. So as I said, it was originally a stage production, but then people also started to make it for TV. And it was, it's on TV now, the Taiwanese opera, people love it. And then it was time for the Golden Bell Awards. This is now for the best performances in, in, in TV. And very interestingly, the story actually that, that won, well, let me, let me tell you this first. For the first time in history, a woman won the Golden Globe Award for Best Actor. All right? That is not because of some wokeness, but because of... The, this actress, Chen Yalan, she played a man in this production. It was, a, it was an old story about an old emperor from China, I believe. And um, she did it very well. She was very engaged in this whole production. She even sold some of her property to be able to raise money for this production to go ahead. So she was very involved. So it's very good that she, she got rewarded. So she... Um, She's very proud, and of course, many people are very proud that a woman could get the Best Actor Award. But just to get things back to normal, the Best Actress Award was actually won by a woman, <laughs> not by a man. Xie Yingxuan, she won for the Best Actress. She got nominated for the same award, the Best Leading Actress, but for two different dramas. And then when she won, she won one of them, and then when she made her speech, she thanked the wrong <laughs> production company. It was she actually won actually with the other company, but that that was all good fun, and uh, so we just wanted to share that with you. That uh, now we have a a woman who has won the best actor award. That won't happen too often. Although in Taiwanese opera, it's very often that women will play male roles. So it might happen again in the future. Who knows? We'll see. 
So we just wanted to share that bit of um, culture with you to show that we are also very deep and thinking people here. Let's move on to, to politics. First, we do want to say something about uh, Chinese politics because at the big uh, meeting they had there in China of the Communist Party a week or so ago, the previous leader before Xi Jinping was Hu Jintao. And he, of course, is there up on the stage because he's part of the Central Committee. Somebody put a document on the desk in front of him and he tried to read this. But the person on his, on, next to him looked over and then Xi Jinping looked over and then he called in some kind of security and Hu Jintao, who was the previous president of China, was escorted out of the building. So he is basically, probably he's going to be banned from the Communist Party. Who knows? Because what Hu, uh, Xi Jinping has done now, he has loaded the Central Committee with all his buddies and many of them from a military background. So the reason why I mentioned that is that many people in Taiwan now think that maybe Hu Jintao was a little more moderate, but Xi Jinping, the current president, not so moderate. And now he has surrounded him with all his good friends who, who will do whatever he says. And that many Taiwanese feel might strengthen his hand to become more aggressive towards Taiwan and uh, maybe set a, a deadline for the Taiwanese to say, okay, okay, we want to come back to you, Mother China, which will never happen. So they are a little bit worried about that. Although, personally, I don't feel so worried about that. Maybe I'm just ignorant. Maybe I, will, I should wake up and, and, and see the realities. But at the moment, we are still okay here. But people watch this kind of power play in China very closely. And they are talking about it uh, in Taiwan all the time. Okay, still related to politics. Remember in the last episode, I told you about the elections coming up. And then somebody said, as you can imagine, the, the party in, in power at the moment, they really want as many people as possible to come out and vote because remember I told you there was also a referendum, right? Now, some people then said, but in Taiwan, I also told you this a few episodes ago, COVID is still big news, right? They still every single day publish the number of COVID cases and there's still many restrictions on, on people's freedoms and such. But then somebody said, what about people who has COVID? How can we get them to vote? Because maybe they will, they will support us, right? So they were looking left and right and looking here and there and thinking about everything. And then they said, okay, what we can do is if somebody gets COVID, and many people still do, we, we, have, we still have around 40,000 cases a day. Now, you remember Taiwan is a small country. So 40,000 is actually a lot if you think that people live so close together. But then they said, okay, we can do this. If it's your third day of COVID, then they are, they are thinking about, these people can go out and vote. But if you are still quite sick, your, your first or your second or even your third day, it's better that you do not vote. But they are trying to accommodate these people to, to make sure that as many people as possible go out and vote in next month's election. Or in the, actually, not next month, later this month. All right. So that's a, a bit of politics for you. Very interesting. We'll have to see. We will definitely uh, tell you our opinion after the elections uh, are over. Okay, let's move away from uh, politics for a moment then. And this is a story that's very close to my heart that I saw, and I think you'll find it also quite interesting. Four soldiers from the Taiwan army were discharged. Now the one, he took photos of a shooting range 
and then he published it somewhere. I think uh, I'm not sure if he sold it or he published, on, but the photos were made public. And I agree, you cannot really do that because a shooting range is kind of like a military installation, and maybe people can see where it is or whatever, whatever. So that's the one guy. He's gone. But then there were three other poor guys who uh, one night after work and maybe after dinner they were in their barracks and they made a little video of them dancing. That's kind of, you know, like, let me tell you, I was a soldier and after work there's not much to do. You are basically, you are in your barracks, you can't walk down to 7-Eleven. We had a little, what we call a tuck shop where you could buy some snacks and stuff, but, but there's no real place to go. There's no place where you can sit down. After, you cannot sit in the dining room, for example. You eat and you leave. It's not like a place for socializing. So you socialize in your barracks. And we did all kinds of things. I mean, we took photos for sure. Okay, in those days, there was no internet. So we didn't publish it for the whole world to see. But, but we played tricks on each other and we played music and we did this and that. So soldiers do these kind of things. So these guys, they finish their day's work. So there they are in the barracks. And I think they practice this a little bit. So you have a guy with a camera taking a video of this one guy. He starts dancing. It's actually, the song is actually happy birthday to you, but a, a happy version of happy birthday. So he's dancing. After like three or four seconds, he points to his left and the camera follows where he's pointing. And there's another little soldier and he takes over the dance. He danced for about a second or two and then he's, he points his finger to the third guy and the camera follows him. Okay, so there's the little dance. Not very long. Now the soldiers posted this on TikTok. TikTok is like, a, for our older listeners, it's like an app where you can a website thing that you can post little videos, okay? Anyway, so they got discharged. Basically, that means they got fired as soldiers. Now, I have a problem with that because, as I told you, soldiers have to do something at night. You're basically locked up in your base. You know, you do little things like that. So first, I said, let me just take a look at this video a little bit. Okay, firstly, they're wearing their uniforms. So... I'm not sure if it's an international state secret what the Taiwan uniforms look like. I think not, because on parades we can see uniforms all the time. So I looked at the background. Maybe there in the background it said, secret, <laughs> secret poster. Taiwan soldiers, make sure your weapons are ready. No, there's nothing like that. It's just the barracks. Behind them are just lockers. So I think, so there's no right sensitive information. It's just a locker. I don't know if a locker is a secret. So I thought, what can it be? Are soldiers not allowed to have a little bit of fun? Is that is that illegal? Because this is what the military said. The military said, we are very strict with information security. Yeah? What kind of very serious information was shared there with the enemy, I wonder? I feel really sorry for those three guys. And maybe somebody will be able to tell me in one lesson, there are strict rules. You cannot post videos from your barracks to the internet. I don't know about that. I'm just looking at it objectively and I'm thinking, the enemy, whoever it may be, <laughs> they are not much smarter after watching. Maybe they see, wow, look at this. Taiwan soldiers are real people. Look at them. They look happy. They don't look unhappy. They're not in a prison camp. Is that so terrible? Anyway, again, as my father used to say, just my personal opinion, I may be wrong. So, <laughs> so I'm going to see if there's any, anything else coming out of that uh, soldier story because that for me was very interesting. But these were the little things we wanted to share with you today and um, we hope it was informative, that you liked it and remember you are always welcome to let us know what you think. All right, that's the end of today's episode. Until next time, goodbye.